Welcome to The Grange Point, where we hang out and talk about the latest news in science technology and how they relate to your everyday life. This podcast is brought to you by the Young Scientists of Australia. We're a youth organisation aged 15 to 25 whose work is to promote science to the youth of Australia. Now, supernova are pretty super, but micronova and nova itself are also pretty dangerous. Now, you may not have heard much about nova and know that there's a difference between that and a supernova, but a nova is something that doesn't actually destroy the star itself. It can happen and happen again and again on a particular star. And micronova are smaller, but still immensely powerful. This week, we dive into the tales of nova and micronova and how stars survive. Now, as they might be giants have pointed out, the sun is in fact a miasma of incandescent plasma, and we know many things about stars and how they can also explode. Now, in regular run-of-the-mill events, the fusion inside a star is what keeps it burning hydrogen and helium, creating the light and heat and warmth that we know and love and rely on here on Earth. But, of course, a star can meet a pretty spectacular end when that fusion, of course, starts to burn through all of the elements that it has, and then it goes to heavy elements and heavier elements and heavier elements until finally just combusting in a large supernova, a massive type of explosion. Now, of course, there's all kinds of thermonuclear explosions that occur and just a regular run-of-mill part of being a star. But researchers have discovered using Europe's Southern Observatory's very large telescope, VLT. And what they have observed using the VLT is a type of phenomena that is really amazing. Something that is happening that is really powerful, huge amounts of explosion, large, basically incredible volumes of material consumed in, in, in very short periods of time in a massive combustion, a thermonuclear explosion. But in this particular type of explosion, it doesn't result in a catastrophic end for a star, like you would see in a supernova. In fact, these explosions are, by real comparison to actual other supernova, these are small. So they're called micronova. And these micronova are actually occurring on the surface of stars. Now, the ESO team just recently published some results on this in the journal Nature. Lead author on this paper was Skaringi, along with Grut and Gnige. Now, if a micronova were to occur anywhere near you or I, then, well, it would be a pretty devastating event for us and our immediate surrounding planet. But, well, for the scale of a star, micronova actually are pretty small. And compared to a supernova, a micronova is actually really quite, quite small indeed. Now, a supernova can spread material from a star all the way across the universe. That's how we end up with the spread of heavy metals and elements that we rely on to, you know, to have our phones, to have iron, to have iron in our blood, all these things. They came from a supernova somewhere else in the universe at some point. So supernova, getting into your head on an astronomical sense, the impacts are massive and their spread are massive. A micronova, on the other hand, well, these are way, way smaller. They're much less energetic than a nova, and they're much, much, much less energetic than a supernova when I start completely explodes. Now, a nova and a micronova are both explosions that can occur on white dwarf stars. These are so-called dead stars, stars that don't have any more fuel left to burn. So they're not producing heat in the same way that they would normally in their main sequence phase. Now, a star like that could be similar around the size of our sun, but it could also be as small as the planet Earth. Now, the size difference between our sun, sol, and Earth is incredible. You'd need to see some overlaid pictures to really get a feeling for those two size differences. So, 
that kind of comparison of the range of spread of white dwarfs is really important. Now, if you have a white dwarf in a two-star system, then you can end up with some pretty strange phenomena because, well, in a binary star system or a trinary star system, there is other fuel sources there for that star. Our sun's soul doesn't have anything else to leach material off. But if two stars are nearby to each other, they can catch the hydrogen or helium from one star to the other. Now, as the gas falls off the very hot surface of the white dwarf, it can fuse, hydrogen can fuse into the helium explosively. Now, this is pretty interesting because the white dwarf isn't really undergoing this fusion step anymore, but if it ends up with some extra hydrogen and helium falling onto it through this sort of sucking from the part of the star, well, they can create some pretty amazing explosions. This is a nova, right? So there's a thermonuclear explosion that occurs because of the sudden fusion of helium and hydrogen on the surface of this so-called dead star. Now, when that explosion happens, it pretty much erupts across the entire surface of the white dwarf, and it burns really brightly and shines really intensely for several weeks. That dead star, for a small period of time, as one of the co-authors, Natalia Denica, points out, is it, it shines brightly for several weeks. That dead star has been reignited. Now, that is what a nova is, the temporary reawakening of a dead white dwarf through the fusion of helium and hydrogen, normally from a captured piece of helium taken from another star. Now, micronova are very similar to that, except they occur on a much, much smaller scale, and the burning that happens afterwards doesn't last for weeks, it lasts for hours. Now, this can occur in white dwarfs with really strong magnetic fields, so this could funnel the hydrogen and helium not everywhere, but instead to a specific location. Now, when you have this hyper-localized focusing of something like hydrogen and helium, say on the pole of a star, you get hydrogen fusion that happens in a really localized way. And then you end up with this burning pattern. There's lots of little micro-fusion bombs going off rather than engulfing the whole surface of this white dwarf. Now, these little micro-fusion bombs that go off have probably around a millionth of the strength of a traditional nova explosion, um, hence the name micronova. You know, it's a thousand times more. But this is not small in scale. These are still huge, around around 20 million trillion kilograms. That's a lot, just in a godly amount. The, the article reference among the authors, Paul Groups, points out as around being 3.5 billion Great Pyramids of Giza of material. Now, even the weight of the Great Pyramid in Giza, or the Pyramid of Khufu, Cheops, that, that is, you know, absolutely massive, 5.9 billion kilograms. It's a weird measure, but it's at least something that can get your head around as being immensely huge. And now adding trillions of those, well, now you get the idea of just how big these micro explosions actually are. So how did the scientists actually detect these micronova? Well, in order to detect these micronova, they actually found it, the first case, a little bit by accident. Now, they were using NASA's Transiting Exoplanet Survey Satellite test, and when they saw that, they kept getting these really fast flashes. Now, a fast flash is interesting because it's not fast enough to be a supernova or strong enough, but sort of repeating in a way that was interesting enough that they could capture. And they saw this bright flash of optical light lasting for just a few hours. Now, when they saw one on the test data, they went to look for more, and they did actually find a couple. They observed three micronova with the test observatory, and then they were, two of those were actually from known white dwarfs. 
And that third one, well, they had to use the X-Shooter instrument on ESO's VLT, European Space Observatories, Southern Observatories, Very Large Telescope, uh, to actually confirm that that third observation came from an actual white dwarf. But once they had that, they really had enough data to say conclusively that these pulses, these short but not too short pulses of light are actually caused by these micronova, these colossally huge explosions on the surface of white dwarf stars that are immensely hot, but not as sustained as you would see in a nova, or not as powerful, of course, and star-destroying as you would see in a supernova. Now, these micronova are really fascinating as a result of a binary system of the slow drip feed of stellar material into another star in concentrated points where there's you know a strong magnetic field like the poles creating just small explosions which light up immensely for a few hours but are incredibly powerful incredibly intense and enough for us to really observe them there's a lot of weird stuff happening in space then just an immense hydrogen fusion explosion is just one of them and not just what we see in nova or supernova but also even on micronova Enough to ruin your day, but certainly enough to make some scientists very, very excited about the prospect of new types of observations from actual different white dwarf stars. Now, this was paper published in Nature by Skorinci, Ruth, and Niger. tales of micronova to just plain old regular nova. Now, you'll remember that regular nova are these instances where material from one larger star sort of falls onto the surface of a white dwarf star. That hydrogen helium then ignites, creating a fusion reaction across the whole surface of the star, which shines intensely and brightly for a period of a couple of months and then fades away. Not quite a supernova, but a pretty tremendous explosion. The entire surface of that white dwarf getting covered in an explosion. And we have a pretty good example of that in the constellation of the Serpent Bearer, Iris Ophichi. Now, in Iris Ophichi, this particular pair of stars, which actually is made up of, in this system, a red giant star that is almost approaching the end of its life cycle and next to it actually a white dwarf something that's already burned out tremendously dense and is one of those stars that is just leaching matter off the neighbor star next to it now this dying red giant star feeds the white dwarf with matter shedding its outer hydrogen layer as the gas flows off to that white dwarf the white dwarf being so dense that it's pulling in all of that loosened material now this continues and continues and continues until there's enough hydrogen to helium there to sustain a gigantic thermonuclear explosion from all of that overheating and that hydrogen to helium actually burning up. Now, this is an amazing cycle. And actually what's spectacular about this particular one is that it happens around every 15 years or so. That's a pretty remarking periodicity for a stellar phenomenon, but it makes sense because it's just basically like filling up a cup until it overflows and then it fills up again until it overflows again. That's basically what's happening, except the filling up here is hydrogen helium on the surface of this white dwarf star and the overflowing is actually a massive giant thermonuclear explosion encompassing the entire surface of the white dwarf star. Now, researchers have been staring at this with the two magic telescopes. Now, of course, magic is not actually in terms of like a fantasy setting, but actually the major atmospheric gamma imaging Shenokov telescopes. Now, these can be found in La Palma, one of the Canary Islands. And in a paper published in the journal 
Nature Astronomy recently with lead author Atiari and a large 30-person-plus list of collaborators, you, you can see some pretty amazing things by observing with these types of telescopes this dramatic white dwarf and red giant pair. Now, what's interesting about this is that you can understand how these nova occur, and you can also look for telltale signs. Now, we know that nova are pretty powerful explosions, but we didn't really have any evidence about what kind of energy is released from these explosions. Now, if you have high amounts of energies, well, then you could get things like gamma rays. And that's what the researchers actually found with these magic telescopes. They were able to record gamma rays with the value of around 250 giga electron volts, one of the highest energies ever measured in a nova. Now, this is like 100 billion times more powerful than the energy inside visible light. It's tremendously powerful energy. Now, they're able to pick this up actually from initial alerts measuring at different wavelengths. The irregular eruption of Fiji actually happened and they turned all the telescopes to observe it and they actually picked up these gamma rays. And the interesting part about the gamma rays is that these, along with accelerated protons as part of this cosmic rays, are actually at the front, the bow shock wave of the explosion. So when you have these like shock front shock waves of the explosion emanating out, you, you'll have all of these propagating out from the exploding white dwarf surface. And then they get buffeted as well by the wind, the interstellar wind from the red giant star. And you can see all these shock waves sort of play out as they burst out from the white dwarf and interact with all these forces around it. And it's really interesting and intricately mapped out by these observations. The thing is, by having the red giant there and the interstellar medium, you actually end up with some accelerators happening. So you get particles accelerated to near the speed of light, and you're getting gamma rays actually coming from these super energized protons, the nuclei of the hydrogen atom getting shot out from the white dwarf as part of this massive explosion, and then getting boosted along by the red joint star next to it. Now, this is a pretty amazing set of events and goes to show the power and the intricacies of these binary star systems. The binary star system can lead to a self-fulfilling regular explosion of a cosmic level, these, these nova. And also, they can also accelerate particles to tremendous velocities and impart them with, with huge amounts of energy, channeling what was a larger, more broad explosion into more targeted fashion from the actual gravitational and also solar wind of that particular star next to it. Now, this is amazing. Like you have a massive explosion happening, and the massive star next to it is actually guiding and funneling this explosion into certain ways, leading to all kinds of high-energy particles existing. This is a pretty amazing example of how we can learn a lot by studying in detail the behavior of two-star systems. We take single-star systems for granted because it's what we have here, but they're not actually all that common compared to binary star systems, or at least more interesting in terms of study. There are a lot of binary systems out there, and they are actually really fascinating to study because of the weird scenarios you end up here. You end up with the dying star feeding an already dead star, tremendous explosions, and of course, high energy particles being accelerated near the speed of light. All of which goes to show that there's more types of nova than just supernova, and even micronova to nova itself are tremendously fascinating for scientists and contain immense amount of energy. Yes, they're not enough to blow up a star, but you can still do an awful lot of damage and accelerate things at incredibly high energies and speeds. This great paper published in the journal Nature Astronomy. This has been the Young Scientists of Australia's podcast, Lagrange Point. From micronova to nova, how stars can survive pummeling out huge amounts of energy in these eruptions in the end stages of their life.
ending theme was composed by Audio Head to ysa.org.au for more information about the Young Scientists of Australia.